we can choose our perspective and we can choose to either uh, look at the perspective as something negative or we can go to something positive. And I think that sometimes it goes negative because we want the gold that our dreams are dreaming of. And all along the way, there's silver linings that if we are not still, we don't see them. So just be still. And in times of gratitude and thanksgiving is when we can find that joy. And those silver linings are what can bring you joy. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 551. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to the Positive Productivity Podcast. This is take two because I forgot the name of the own of my own podcast when I started in take one, but I'm thrilled to have you here. And I am thrilled even more to introduce today's guest, Laura Peterson from the Choose Joy Foundation. Laura's journey began with the death of her sister in 2011. And I'm just so amazed by everything that you've done and everything that you continue to do, Laura. But before we jump in, listeners, I just want you to know we are recording this on a Friday. And I already told Laura that it is Freaky Friday in my house. It's 9.35 a.m. and I have only one kid that is awake. So if you hear kids in the background, they should be at daycare, but they're not. And that's all mine. But I know you'll get immense value out of this podcast. So just keep on listening and bear with me if you hear animals and kids. But Laura, welcome. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you, Kim. I am just overwhelmed with joy to be here. Choose joy, right? That's right. It's (laughs) Yes, it's so Friday. But you know what? Fridays scare me. (laughs) What's scary about Fridays? Knowing that tomorrow all my kids are here. And (laughs) I've got to hide the Sharpies, hide the whiteboard erase markers. Did you know that those are as difficult to get off skin as Sharpie markers are? Um, yes, I can imagine. I had kids too, but mine are all grown. So I forgot that part. Yeah, I had one kid draw draw poop on another kid's face, which I actually found really hysterical. But then we discovered that the only I mean, this is not hypoallergenic or whatever the proper word would be. I had to use nail polish remover on a cotton swab to get it off his face. He did not like that. But that was the only way it would get off. Like this is a dry erase marker. Why aren't tissues working? (laughs) It doesn't work on skin like that. Funny. That is funny. It soaks in a little more, huh? Oh, yes. Yeah. And note to self, don't draw on myself with it. But Laura, I would love for you to share a bit of your journey with the listeners because I gave a brief introduction, but you know your story better than anybody else. Yes. Thank you. Wow. What a journey I've been on. I uh, originally for years and years after graduating from college was in the business world. So I did leadership training and development, human resources work. And then in 2010 actually was the first year My world turned upside down when we lost my dad suddenly from a bee sting while he was up on a lake in Minnesota with my family. He was on a boat and they were skiing and having fun. He was stung by a bee and he went into anaphylactic shock and he passed away. And uh, so that was the first turmoil, if you will, of just a sudden shock of losing someone that I love and just admire with all my heart. And during that time, we also had to deal with 
um, letting my sister know, my youngest sister, Sarah, there's six of us kids in our family. And she had been homebound since she graduated from college. Sarah had a disease called ankylosing spondylitis, which is a form of arthritis where your bones begin to fuse together. And so she was a young uh, 20-something when she started having this pain and became immobile after years and years of just dealing with the disease. She also was allergic to a lot of the medicines that people can take for ankylosing spondylitis. And so through her journey of becoming more and more unable to go out of her house, she became allergic to the air outside as well, because it's also an autoimmune disease. I had no idea that was possible. Yes, yes. She was like, uh, You know, the boy in the bubble, she was a girl that was uh, restricted to her condo the last three years of her life. And so not to get into all those years of what my family and I went through, it just gives you kind of an indication of we all have dreams and things that we want to do in our life. And then life happens, right? And all of that changes. And for some of us, they're little turns and paths that change. And for Sarah, it was a huge change that she had to wrap her mind around. And so one of the things she did after just struggling and struggling and probably, you know, shouting at the top of her lungs at God and asking him what this was all about, she began just her journey of really opening herself up to God and really trusting and believing that he knew what was best for her. And again, that took a lot of time. I'm not here to say that that was just something that turned overnight. But through that process, she began a a blog. And uh, she named the blog Gibson Girl, which is her childhood nickname. And through that blogging and through her just sharing her life and her journey in her relationship with God, she changed the lives of just thousands of people across the globe. And she touched the hearts of people from Africa and Asia and just around the world in to the point where here we are on Skype doing this podcast, which I'm so grateful for because we had to Skype her funeral. Um, really, the internet and online became her community of support through the blog she wrote and just people thought they knew her as if they had met her. And so the whole internet world through blogging and Skype and Twittering just lit up when uh, she went and met her Heavenly Father. And we Skyped her funeral. And one of the last things she said to me, Kim, was that she wanted people to continue uh, learning and trusting and believing in God as she had tried to be his disciple. But she said, it's not about me. It's about him. That was really the message she wanted people to hear. And and that's when my journey from being this business world person went from that to, oh my goodness, I am walking the path of the publishing industry to try to get her message through God's words uh, published. And we did that in uh, 2016, which we are just so grateful and blessed to have all of her writings of God's messages in that book. And so since that time, I that's been my full-time ministry is just continuing to bless people with the gift of her message and God's promises to us. Wow. Now, my journey has been nothing like Sarah's or like yours. But I found myself screaming at the sky too. Like, yes. 
God, is this enough? Like, and I wasn't cussing God. I was saying like, literally, I was looking up, <laughs> trying to talk to God. Are you done yet? Like, we we know, we know that we're going to have hard times, but have we passed your test yet? And I had to say, we still have tests. Oh, absolutely. But it took me, I would have to say a good 36 years. I'll be 40 by the time this episode is released. It took me a good 36 years to realize my life is out of my control. I mean, there are parts of it that I can control. Like if I take a shower today, (laughs) (laughs) but there are other parts that aren't up to me. And I just have to have faith and know that whatever is happening is happening for a reason. And regardless of your religious or spiritual beliefs, listeners, I think a lot of us, probably 95% of us can agree. There's only so much that we can control and the rest we have to know it's happening for a reason. And I have grown through this podcast to realize your mess makes your message. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yes, that's good. Absolutely. I think that when you choose to be a Christian, what happens is it's not going to ever end the hard times because we have so much more to learn. And it's through those hard times that we learn. Oh, absolutely. I have learned the funniest lessons through the hard times. Like, and I don't mean... Well, I guess sometimes funny, haha. We had a time when we were financially struggling. Actually, that's most of the times when I've said, God, are we done yet with this? I understand, you know, money doesn't make everything. But the water was shut off. Oh, my goodness. And we already had our five kids. But it snowed (laughs) that day. And my husband sent the older two boys outside to go pee and said, bring in some snow for mom so she can use the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And we kept our positive thoughts and we prayed and everything worked out. And within that day, like by the end of business day, we were fortunate and we got the water back on. But there's been so many times like that. I mean, my husband has had cars repoed, one of them while we were together. We got that car back like the day before it was going to go up to auction. But had we given up, had we not had faith, then that wouldn't have happened. I mean, we could have just climbed into bed and not have taken action. And I see so many people that get depressed and anxious and stressed. And and I have to say, I've been there and just climbed back into bed thinking, I can't do anything about it. Well, I try. Mm-hmm. But we can. Yes, we can. We all have choices to make. That was one of the biggest things that in my journey of sharing the message of choose joy is that the main word is not joy, but rather it's choose, right? We all have the free will to make choices every single day. And some of the choices are big and some of them are small, but they're choices that we have to make. And some days when you do want to just crawl back into bed, that's a choice. And you know what? Sometimes that's exactly what we need. And so that's that's okay. I think it's giving ourselves permission to take that time to get re-energized. The point is not to stay there. It's choosing to get re-energized, do what you need, and then move toward that choice to be positive again and productive in life. What are some tools or strategies that you use in your life to help you with choosing joy? Yes. You know, the other, I guess, I would call it a tragedy, but in the end, it's not a tragedy because uh, we all learned something from it is last year, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And so just as I was trying to spread this message, all of a sudden, I was laid flat for an entire year because I had chemotherapy and radiation and surgeries to go through. And so that whole why and 
you know, that becoming depressed because of hearing such a message started in. And I think what I had to do was instead of asking why, because why leaves us in a victim role, I've learned to ask what and how, you know, what can I do? How can I serve? Because there's a purpose for everything that happens to us in life. And I know that it's never going to be left in a negative place when God's by my side. And so I've tried to stop asking why, because the why may never be known, right? Sometimes we're blessed to know the why, and other times we may never know. But it really is turning, it's a perspective. It's turning that into, okay, God, you know, I'm going to trust that you know what is best for me, because what's unknown to me is known to you. So what can I do and how can I serve? And it doesn't mean that it wasn't still just a horribly terrible days, scary, and just not feeling well. And during those times, it really is prayer. And one of the prayers that I had to constantly say to myself was just to be still, to be still and know that he is God, you know, and just say that over and over. And again, we're not perfect. We're human beings. And so those some days are going to be better than others. But he tells us if we stay connected to him, he is the vine and we are the branches. And uh, if the branches fall off, they're going to die. And so we need to stay connected to the vine. Being still is so hard sometimes. Uh, That's yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the seven months before we're recording this, I was recording, I think, episode 350 or 352 with Christina Miller from the Garage of Blessings. And we were one day away from being evicted from our house, which we now own. I need to fast forward a little bit and let you know that we now own it. But we were a day away because the market was hot. We couldn't get our mortgage to get processed as quickly as we wanted to. We had been renting to own for four years and the owner was tired of waiting for us. So she's like, you have a day. And then I'm going to have to do an eviction because you're outside of the terms of your contract. And I was just panicking. Like I wanted to cancel this, this podcast interview because I, I didn't know what else to do. I was like, okay, what else? You know, I got to do something. I got to do something. And recording this podcast is not going to be worth it or it's not going to, it's not going to help. Right. So she, Christina keeps on talking about Matthew six and, you know, do not worry about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I was on mute weeping, like literally sobbing. In some parts of the conversation, you might be able to hear me actually sniffling when I come back on. And I explained to her after we finished the recording what was going on. And she said, Kim, be still and listen. And I was, and it was so, so incredibly hard. And I got the answer I was looking for. I mean, the landlord actually just, she wanted some more money to hold her over until until the mortgage went through, like another down payment to her. And I didn't know how I was going to get it together. And in that moment, or in those moments of being still, God gave me the answer. And the house was saved. And now yeah. we own it. Yeah. But, and I've had to tell my husband over and over again since then. And I've told him to be still. And I've also asked him to t remind me to be still. Right. And it is hard because you feel like you need to do something about it, do something about it. And although we have to do our part, if we're not taking the time to be still and listen, then we're not going to be on the path where he's making it better, right? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think even like if we turn it around, even from life tragedy and disaster, even to all the entrepreneurs who are listening, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the got to move, got to move, got to move. You know, I got to make money today. Our noses are almost as close to the monitor as we can and still see. I mean, to the point that we're (laughs) we're getting to be cross-eyed. But it's because we don't give ourselves that chance to be still and step back, look at what's going on from the eagle. uh, What is it called? The eagle view, the big view. And just be still and just take in everything that is going on. And when we can do that, well, number one, we see that there's so much to be enjoyed and we can, well, choose joy. I would love to know how Sarah got the nickname of Gits. (laughs) For some reason, my family, there were six of us kids, like I said, and every one of us had a nickname. And hers was the most unique, I have to say. And it was because my dad always, he was played like a kid as an adult, right? And he would always get her under the neck and say, gitsy, gitsy goo. And so she... So she got the nickname Gitz and, and uh, mine was simpler because my middle name's Joe. So I was Joe or Joe baby or Joe baby Joe, (laughs) whatever they came up with that was with Joe. And so as I continue this ministry with the Choose Joy Foundation, I have taken a blog and it is Gitz and Joe. (laughs) So that's uh, my blog that I do in um, continuing to spread the message is Gitz and Joe. So I've taken both of our uh, nicknames and tied them together. Oh, I love that. Now I have to confess that my nickname as a child was Worrywart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even making it up. I was Worrywart. One of my sisters was Twinkletoes. The other one was Motormouth. Oh, funny. So you had the uh, nicknames too in your family. Oh, yeah. My brother didn't, though. He was just a pain in the butt, but he, he didn't <laughs> well, get that one. That's his nickname. <laughs> he also came over. You know, I don't know if my parents or my sisters are listening, but I would have to say that if we could give him a nickname now, it would have been Oops. He was the one that sort of came around 10 years later. <laughs> Yes, my brother Jim was always falling. He was klutzy. So he was Humpty for Humpty Dumpty. Oh my gosh. Does he still have that nickname today? (laughs) Some of my brothers and sisters will still call him that. Yes. Oh my uh, gosh. So it's just funny. Yes. My husband had the nickname Peanut and his stepmom will still call him that now. And I asked him one day, I said, how did you get that? And he said, well, because I had such a big head when I was a baby. I can't stand it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he he has that. What did the transition look like transitioning out of your businesswoman role into Choose Joy? Well, I was actually thinking of that when you were talking about just what you went through with your home and all of those kinds of things. And although we didn't go through that in that depth, there's still a leap of faith when you decide to take on ministry as your full-time role, because ministry does not necessarily pay the bills. (laughs) And yet when you're being called to follow and be his disciple, you say yes, you know, and I, at first it was just, I couldn't believe 
how God just kept opening doors for me in walking a path to the publishing industry, which I knew absolutely nothing about. But through relationships, through networking with people, it just got opened doors to a publishing industry that said, yes, we want to take on this book. And uh, Sarah also wrote for a the Encourage Women and wrote for their blog. And the publisher knew of a woman who was trying to also write a book. And it was one of the Encourage Women. And her name was Mary Carver. And what was funny about that was her word for the year that just kept going through her mind was rewrite. And she couldn't figure out why God would put on her mind the word rewrite. And when they called her to see if she would take Sarah's blog and help us put it into book form, she just started crying because that was the word that God kept putting on her mind was rewrite. Now I just got goosebumps like all over. Amazing. So I just think he's working in ways that we can't even fathom possible. And unless we take that leap of faith and just start that journey, we're not being true to ourselves or to him because he's paving the way for us. And it's happened time and time again. There are stories upon stories of just the connections I've made that people just start, you know, gasp because it's like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking of this or praying for this and here you are. And so although it's a leap of faith financially, it has been a blessing beyond measure with just all of the connections that I've seen along the way. And it just makes it so, you know, you have to do it. I just had one of those oh-duh moments. I found out about Encourage a couple years ago. And okay. when I first heard it, I thought it was E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E. And then I looked into them more and found out it was I-N. But I still always thought about it in the E-N way, like we're encouraging each other. Uh-huh. Just while you were talking, it clicked in me. It's in Encourage. Which is, I don't know why it took me so long. It's like changing the batteries in my mouth sometimes. Like when my mouth today, <laughs> but it, like, it just hit me because that's basically where I've been this year is in courage. It's actually one of my words on my monitor is, well, I was inspired by Brendan Burchard and his uh, areas of focus, seek clarity, generate energy, raise necessity, increase productivity, develop influence and demonstrate courage. Hmm. But in courage, I mean, there's so much we can do with our message. If we step out in courage, and there's so many ways that we can help people when we're in courage. Listeners, there will be a link in the show notes, by the way, if you're not familiar. And I would love for you, actually, Laura, to, I know this is not your company, but if you could just share a couple words about actually what Encourage is for people who might be listening. Yes, it is a group of women who get together and encourage, step out, but also they help us understand how to get courage within to be able to follow the journeys that our our path is meant to follow and it's a support right we as women we need to 
encourage, step out and encourage others. And so it really is, whether it's through blog, they've also done online retreats where it's called in RL, which is real life. And so it's kind of the same as what you're doing. This is real life. And so how do we get together and support each other in community. They're very much about in community. And so they have these meetups all over the world where women have met up to do an online study to learn about community and choosing and courage. So it's just a wonderful group of women who that is their mission They're a division of day spring cards and gifts, I believe, as well. So it's been a pretty cool, pretty cool ministry. Absolutely. What are you most excited about with Choose Joy in the next 90 days? In the next 90 days, I would say that my excitement is that it is being taken. We had a relaunch on the birthday of Sarah's death, her heavenly birthday, which was September 11th. We relaunched the Choose Joy Foundation, and I stepped out in faith, and we have a whole new look, and we have a new logo. And through that process, Kim, it's been amazing at the connection that I've made to really take the message, God's message to a different level with conferences. And so Jill Miller, who is a singer songwriter, and I have started to develop what we call choose conferences, where uh, we go out into mainly they've been churches, but a few different places have been communities. It's a four hour retreat, where women come together and We talk about the different choices we have in life and everywhere, everything from uh, Jill and I talk about our stories as well. My story with cancer, divorce, I've had miscarriages, Jill's had infertility. So just all of the different things that happen in life and how we worked our way through that and then just help women leave on in a place where they're leaving those burdens at the cross. And it's really about making godly choices that can transform our lives. I think in a world where there's so much hate and so much negativity, our choices can go in that worldly realm. And we need to be so intentional in sometimes, well, all the time, listening to God's word instead of the world's word. That's amazing. I love it. And I If you're ever up in the Dayton, Ohio area, I want to know. Well, you bring us there, girl, and then we'll be there. (laughs) Okay. All right. Ginghamsburg Church, I'm going to have to talk to you. We would love to. Yes. We travel. (laughs) Give us an opportunity and we travel. Amazing. Yes, yes, it's been, it has been. It's been amazing. And the just the reviews and the people that have just told us how that's changed their lives is makes it so worth it. So yeah, it's an exciting time. And uh, that's kind of the next journey that we're on is to continue to spread that word of those conferences and try to help people see how we can be positive in life in a world that's sometimes not very positive. Absolutely. Laura, are you in remission now? I am in remission. Yay. Amazing. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Praise God. Yes. Praise God. I have been so inspired by our chat today. And I just want to thank you so much for joining me here 
and I I feel like I'm cutting off early, but if you can't hear it, listeners, if you can't hear it, they're playing tag out in my kitchen now. <laughs> but I, I they're like they're playing tag around the kitchen island, and I keep unmuting myself, but I I don't want to be rude. I would love to know where listeners can learn more about you, the Choose Joy Foundation, get a copy of the book, and and all that great stuff. Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, we do have a website. It's choosejoyfoundation.com. And on that website, you will see links to be able to buy the book. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, where books are sold, basically, but you can also do that on our website. I want you to also to know that the foundation is set up. So all the proceeds from the book sales, and we also have a store on the website where you can buy some different fun Choose Joy items. So if you want to give a gift of joy to someone you can do that but all of those proceeds go to the foundation they do not come to me and so then give grants out to nonprofit organizations and different healthcare organizations to help with those in need so it's a good cause and you can get all of that at choosejoyfoundation.com oh my gosh absolutely amazing listeners the links will be in the show notes at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp551 I'm going to be going and ordering a few books myself, actually. Ah, Thank you. (laughs) Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can share with listeners? You know, I would say top of my head, the piece of advice and golden nugget is just to remember each day that we can choose our perspective and we can choose to either uh, look at the perspective as something negative or we can go to something positive. And I think that sometimes it goes negative because we want the gold that our dreams are dreaming of. And all along the way, there's silver linings that if we are not still, we don't see them. So just be still. And in times of gratitude and thanksgiving is when we can find that joy. And those silver linings are what can bring you joy.